0: Kylan Mills, there is so much going on in basketball. I don't know how we're gonna fit it all in today's show. The news wire is just flooded. Uh, the ticker is just constantly off the hook. Might have to do a two-parter today, just to talk about all the action with the Golden State Warriors. Are you ready to do this? I mean, we're oh yeah, up. I'm ready.
1: I'm ready, I'm locked in. Let's do
0: it. <laughs> that was the greatest tease ever. There's just so much excitement coming up. I'm not gonna specify what it is, just a lot of it next. This is Locked On Warriors.
1: You are locked on, Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. In addition to our YouTube show, you can follow Cron for sports anchor Kylan Mills on Twitter at Kylan Mills. You can follow me, Cyrus Atzis, at Dog Surf Roadshow. Kylan, you're gonna bail on me next week. You're going on a honeymoon. Let's talk about that later in the show because I would love to hear what you're excited. I know you mentioned it on Tuesday, you're going to Hawaii, but so, some more details would be nice. Let other people live vicariously through you. But the Golden State Warriors, Kylan, I wanna start with this. I've had two guests on this week uh one was an expert uh to talk to me about what well, not an expert but we broke it down the Jermichael Green signing which was huge literally right after you and I recorded our show Tuesday and then that news dropped um and I'm ecstatic ecstatic about it what are your thoughts I haven't heard yours yet on the addition of Jermichael Green to the Warriors bench
1: I think it's a great addition for the Warriors, Cyrus. Out of the bigs that were still available and the pieces the Warriors still had missing, this was one of the best signings I think they could have made. Um, First of all, you knew that the Warriors were going to bring in a veteran. That was expected. They've got a lot of youth on this roster right now. So the fact that he's 32 isn't a big concern to me. They just need someone who's going to be able to contribute minutes off the bench. That's okay that this is an older player, which I feel like comes up a lot. Um, But he's going to replace a lot of what Otto Porter Jr. left in my eyes, um, just in the fact that he's a pretty good three-point shooter, shooting 37% from deep um, on his career. And he's a big who can space the floor. And that's exactly what the Warriors need. He's also a good rebounder, I think averaging 5.7 rebounds per game uh, throughout his career. So I think it's a great signing. He had a little bit of a down year last year. Um, but I, you know, I think that it was a great pickup and a great find given that we're several weeks into free agency and the options were really, really slimming. Um, I think that he really could, you know, just bring a lot of the elements, the Warriors lost in, um, getting rid of, or, you know, letting Otto Porter Jr. Walk and in seeing Gary Payton, the second walk. And I think that's a great addition. I'm happy with it. Um, You know, it's kind of interesting. I'm just curious to see what will happen with the final spot in Andre Iguodala. But especially if they end up losing Iguodala, uh, Green will end up having a really uh, significant role. Um, Also, I want to mention that in doing some research on him, he's a player that's easy to root for. I didn't really know his whole backstory, um, but just the fact that he went undrafted out of Alabama and he was, you know, really battling to even make it in the NBA – Uh, He played overseas, he was in the G League. So it kind of reminds me of, you know, like how do you not root for a Gary Payton II who fought and clawed his way to get to the NBA? And Green is kind of, has a similar, you know, unconventional or or a long path to get here. So got to respect a player like that.
0: Oh yeah. And and look, I mean, you're a multimedia journalist uh, with Cron 4, one of the leading uh, news organizations in the San Francisco Bay Area. And one of your jobs, and, and I do watch your coverage, I think one of your strengths especially is, human interest angles, uh, investigating the, the humanity of, of individuals and and finding interesting things. I feel like every person has an interesting story to tell. The great journalist actually finds that right. And you do, and that's a massive strength of yours. So I'm glad you brought that up. Is it like, so Jamichael Green had, I didn't know that about him. So he had like a, a, a a difficult start to his career undrafted. Yeah. Tell us more, please. If you don't mind. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, that was, Pretty much it. I mean, just okay. I had went just in doing research about him. Uh, I just saw that he went undrafted, and then he played overseas for a few years, and then you know where he played, he played in the G League. Uh, I don't remember off the top. Oh, don't
0: worry about that. Okay, you know what? I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I'm sorry. I, that was that was my fault. We did not prep. Oh, no, for that. You're, you're, all, just...
1: you're all good. But I do pride myself <laughs> on being a, a journalist who does find those human interest stories, and you know, and really does dig into who these players are as a person. I enjoy that aspect of it um I'm trying to remember though where it was overseas he played oh for it's like, not a
0: big deal people Google people it's it's all good um I, was, I, was just, I just I'm sorry I thought you like what like or did all this research I apologize I didn't mean to put you on the spot there um but look the, the Jermichael Green Edition to me is huge and for people that are worried about his three-point shooting being down uh, last year that was hope we're hoping that's an anomaly Uh, It was in the the 26, 27% range for his three-point shot last year, whereas typically, like you said, I think it's almost 10 percentage points higher than that on average. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Allen Stiles, who was on with me Wednesday, uh, who you work with sometimes, whether it's at Icon or 95.7 The Game, uh, he made a great point about the fact that last year the Nuggets offense, just because of the injuries and, and the personnel they had, they did not provide spacing for any of their players. Um, so Jamichael was much more accustomed to having open threes, uh, to having much more spacing on the court. Um, you had individuals, uh, like Jamal Murray, uh, creating space for Michael Porter, who's a three point threat, creating space for him. And both those players were out the entire year. So all you had was Jokic, uh, you had Morris, um, you had Will Barton, none of these guys are like really like what you would call a threat, you know, like to give the kind of spacing that uh, Jamichael Green was used to. I am ecstatic. Like I literally went into the show on Tuesday with you, like I have in the last few weeks. Like they lost Gary Payton the second, and all of a sudden there's this KD trade rumors, and and you know what we, well, we're left in, yeah. in complete limbo because KD and and even worse, Sean Marks, the a man I now call the second most overrated GM in basketball uh, after Dork Elvis, um, is just holding the whole NBA up because he his ego refuses to acknowledge that KD is not as valuable of an asset as he might make him out to be. Um, and so we're just in this limbo and i you know and i was i was like I, the whole time I'm sitting here wondering like what is what is the warrior's plan here because a player like jemichael green you only know he's available if you're like a true insider right we're talking like either a gm or like a watch type who talks to agents routinely because the only way you're going to know he's going to be bought out is through the player or the team and the team has no interest in really releasing that information until it's closer to time closer to the time of it happening so not many people knew that he was going to be available and for him to just suddenly like be bought out and the, the news comes out that the Warriors are the ones that are going to add him, he was better than by a mile than any free agent available in the market. And to me, that was a steal. Um, and, and even though it's just one player, you suddenly have a bench now that goes, I, I feel like, 11 quality deep in terms, which is – you, for me, this Warriors team again. I cannot emphasize enough. They are not like most other teams where you're top heavy and you can just go eight, nine deep in your bench for the regular season. This is a team that relies deep on their bench, and you need that with this aging core just to give them rest for the postseason. So I love it because you're right. He he fits that Otto Porter Jr. role. He plays great defense. He's a yeah, solid sure. rebounder at six eight. He can play small ball five if you need him as well. Um, and, and let me know what you think about this. Basically, the Warriors traded when, when we look at this offseason right now, and I do still think they should add one more vet, and they might. Uh, you're right, we're waiting on Andre Iguodala to make his decision, but right now, they basically traded Gary Payne II, they traded uh, Otto Porter Jr., and they traded Nemanja Bielica. And what they got back in return is Dante uh, DiVincenzo. They got back Jamichael uh, Green and then James Wiseman, who didn't play a minute last year, so he's now basically going to be coming in. And I don't, I don't mind that. I, I, I don't think that's you're winning in that trade, but you're not losing either. It's, it's good enough for me considering that the ownership saved sixty million dollars in the process. Uh, your thoughts on basically what has resulted in that trade that I just said?
1: Uh, I think that from last season to this season and so far what's happened in free agency, barring anything crazy, I definitely feel like the Warriors didn't get worse. If anything, I would say they probably stayed the same, or flatlined a little bit. Um, I do think it's hard to replace what Gary Payton's second brought to the floor. Um, However, we also have to factor in, like you said, James Wiseman potentially being healthy this year and what he could bring to the table You've got Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, hopefully more refined in their game. They have some experience under their belt and the ability ability to be bigger role players. Um, and then, you know, you also have Clay Thompson, who's going to be closer to healthy in 100% because I think that's yeah. something people forget to talk about. I mean, he just came back in January and like four or five months later, after, you know, being out for a year and a half plus, and he was back playing in an NBA finals like four or five months later and competing in the playoffs just a few months later. Like that's still not really a ton of time. And throughout the postseason, he talked about the fact that he felt like he still wasn't back to a hundred percent clay. He hadn't really reached his full potential. So I think there's also the possibility that clay Thompson gets a little bit better heading into the season, having a full offseason to really prepare, get his body right, get his mind right, get back in the swing of things. Um, so I feel like you've got him, James Wiseman, what he could potentially bring to the floor. I like the free, free agent signings, the young players now with more experience. So I definitely feel like the Warriors at least are giving themselves the same chance as they did last season to win a championship. I don't know that I want to go as far as to say they've gotten better, but I don't think there's any reason to you know, be concerned or be critical of what happened in the offseason.
0: Absolutely right. And when we uh, come back, I'm going to read you a few remaining free agents out there that the team could pursue for the vet minimum. Uh first got to talk about a longtime sponsor bet online and more specifically betonline.net. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines and games and that's betonline.net. You can find reviews and news of every league Major League Baseball is in full swing right now. The NFL is just around the corner. The NBA never really rests, but we are entering the doldrums of, of, of the NBA for sure. But there, you can always bet on futures. There's, there's combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores. They even got their own podcast. You should listen to this one instead, though. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online, it's where the game starts.
1: You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Well, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players. In the NFL from the odds makers at bet online, available now on locked on NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. You can follow Kylan Mills on Twitter at Kylan Mills. Uh, Kylan, I had uh, uh uh Kane Pittman on yesterday, uh, and I didn't upload the show till late last night. Folks, if you have not seen that yet, I highly recommend it. A because Kane is like every Australian I've ever met in my life, just an amazing human being, never met an Aussie, I don't like. Um, and he's the host of Locked On Bucks. And I brought him on primarily, A, because he he brought up a great point, which is that the Warriors and the Bucks are the last two NBA champions, right? So we just want to have a little discourse in regarding to whether or not uh, we both think our teams are gonna uh, meet each other in this year's NBA Finals. And I think the possibility is strong. Uh, but more importantly, I wanted Kane on because he knows Dante DiVincenzo, right? Like, like Dante played for the Bucks for a number of years. Uh, Kane covers that team. And again, I cannot recommend enough to watch that show. It was yesterday's show with Kane Pittman, and he raved about Dante. The immediate feedback from him was, I guess when he heard the news, is that, damn it, the Warriors got him? Like, like, he was legitimately bummed that of all the teams to sign him, it was the defending world champions. He thinks it's that good of an addition. He doesn't think the defense will meet or match Gary Payne the seconds, but it's still solid. And offensively, the only weakness he cited of Dante DiVincenzo, which is a weird one, is that uh, he doesn't finish at the rim that efficiently, which is bizarre. But if that's your issue, I can live with that. Solid three-point shooter. Um, What are your thoughts on Dante DiVincenzo? After I heard that, that makes me feel, that just warms my cuckles. Your thoughts on Dante DiVincenzo?
1: Yes. I love uh, the oomph you really put into saying his very uh, Italian last name. Um, I think he's a great signing and we've talked about it before on the program on uh, the defense that he brings to the court obviously was a big hole that the Warriors were missing in, in losing Gary Payton the second. And even if he doesn't fill those exact shoes, he still brings that defensive prowess that the Warriors need. Um, like you said, pretty good three-point shooter um you know i just think that there is absolutely no reason why the wars shouldn't have brought him in at what they were able to bring him in at because i also want to mention a big factor in all of these free agent signings are that the warriors saved over 50 million dollars and maybe the fans don't care about that um but for the we warriors, shouldn't perhaps, we shouldn't
0: either for the record right. we shouldn't we should not care about that either but it's a reality of it. I just, you're right. It bothers me that we we sit here and say, yay, a billionaire saved some millions. Like, that's crazy. We should not be worrying about that. But you're right. It's a reality of the situation.
1: That's how the Warriors front office is justifying letting some of the players walk that walk. Yes. The fact that, oh, we had a you know limit to our spending. Oh, blah, 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 blah. blah. Now they can say, well, look, look who we, we were able to bring in. And look, we saved money. And look, you know, we had a plan and we were able to you know, do all this and bring in a Jermichael Green and Dante DiVincenzo uh, while saving all this money. Um, so that's, like I said, that's just from there in their eyes, that's how they justify, hey, you guys, you know, thought that we were ruining the team by letting these two players walk. Well, now look who we brought in for less yep. money, you know, look at us type of thing. Um, and, you know, to give the Warriors front office credit, you know, they've done a great job of constructing these rosters and finding and picking these pieces to pick up on vet minimums like we're seeing with green and things like that and players who end up really outperforming what they're being paid in my opinion. Um so they deserve some credit, but I agree with you. I agree with you and you know a billionaire money at the end of the day. You know, I don't know, fans don't really necessarily care about that. But but I do think <laughs> we deserve some credit for doing a good job though yes. in finding some of these pieces because I think Dante De Vincenzo and Jamichael Green both are excellent pieces that fit what the warriors were trying to do
0: absolutely right and, and again that's just me on a personal level I just again to sympathize with billionaires it's a stretch man but again joe laco to me
1: sympathizing, i'm not sympathizing i'm, fair just, no, I'm not saying fair, fair, fair. that's their justification for saying hey you know let those other guys walk we told you we have a spending limit well look what we can do you know with less budget or whatever
0: and i'm not accusing you of that investment. either I, I i almost feel like i'm i'm sounding like that myself and it's just like it's it's just i don't know but but i i at the same time look Lakeup to me is easily the best owner in the nba like by a long shot i cannot think of another owner i mean look i i respect the bus family tremendously but since uh, the doctor passed away they have not been able to uh continue that recipe for success there um you know there's a few ownership groups out there i love pat riley even though he's not the owner of the heat he is their their top dog um but there's i don't think anyone sniffs and 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 goober and Goobers the the silent partner but he deserves equal mention as well there um so bravo gentlemen you 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 know look i respect it you do 60 million dollars is not small change and to basically trade those players and save 60 million i respect it it's but they're they're fine financially i just want people to remember that regardless of whether or not they spent 60 million dollars they're perfectly fine speaking of money uh joe Lacob was fined a half million dollars by the nba for the comments he made on andre iguodala's podcast uh where he said the cba was basically unfair for penalizing him because they're paying their draft picks um i 100 agree with that I, I i do not understand the logic behind penalizing a team with a luxury tax simply for drafting effectively in theory the thunder might be facing this situation in five years or so and are you going to penalize are you going to force them to give up players they drafted because of a luxury tax i mean so what are your thoughts on that? Because I, I to be fined a half million, that's crazy. Just because you said that you expressed one simple opinion. I don't know. What are, Any thoughts on that from you? I
1: agree. I think I felt like it was a little bit petty to find him half a million. And I don't think his comments were like crazy outlandish. Like he wasn't going nuts bashing the NBA. He just said, you know, yeah, I think it's kind of ridiculous that we would be facing such taxes on draft players. And I think on the issue, he's right. Like, mm-hmm. I think if you do a good job of drafting and you find these great players who turn into stars. I feel like there should be an exception from the luxury tax or some type of cut from the luxury tax um, for when you end up re-signing these players, uh, because I don't feel like teams should be penalized for being good at drafting and, you know, doing it the right way, as some people would consider it. Versus you know executing all kinds of crazy trades or signing you know players with already stars like doing it the right way or you know like I said it's how some people consider it anyways um, is drafting I do, I players do. and yeah. developing them through your system right like finding them when they're first coming into the league and then developing them into stars so if you consider that the right way um, why why should teams be penalized for doing that I, I agree with what he was saying completely um, as far as the half million dollar fine. Like, you just mentioned Joe Juleka will be fine. Well, he'll be okay. <laughs> Pocket will be okay. But I think it was a hefty fine and a little bit petty. I don't think that anything he said was, like, crazy, you know, out of line or anything. But uh, I did read that there's a rule in regards to saying anything about, you know, so I guess under technicalities, he, he should have been fined. But I don't necessarily agree with it.
0: And I don't know if the rule stated he he needs to be fined a half million. I don't know. Does the rule state that as well? Like, do they include specific dollar amounts for the penalty for uh, discussing this TVA?
1: I don't know. I, I, might have I don't to know look either. Up, I'm curious.
0: I, I don't I think that part is is arbitrary. I think that part right. is, is is subjective, depending on what the commissioner or his office deems and a half million, man, that's just that's just rude. How rude of you. Um, that's a lot of money what i i'm loving this team right now like, like there's a few free agents out there i'm gonna just list some names and and i'm just gonna flow through them but if any of them sound good to you stop me all right uh these are just some players that are still in the market and the warriors realistically do need to add one more veteran um so here are some players that are available that uh, the warriors could add for the veteran minimum in theory i don't know eric bledsoe's listed on here is he Do you, have you heard anything about bledsoe is he actually available as no one picked him up yet do you know
1: uh, uh last I heard yes he was available
0: um crazy so he's out there um uh, because oh he's the only one of this I wasn't truly sure on so yeah. look Eric Bledsoe is available he is out there um Montrez Harold but I I and anyway, I'll just list these off and then you saw me so Montrez Harold I'm
1: not seeing anything about Bledsoe I'm trying to find if he's been signed I mean so that's he's all available- like, he was a big free agency um in several Teams I know are expected to pursue him, but I think he's still a free agent, which is kind of surprising this far into agency.
0: Would you do you think he would be a good fit on the Warriors?
1: Um, I don't know. Do you?
0: Depends. I, I if the buyout market plays out and Patrick Beverly becomes available, I want him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I also wouldn't. Would be but I also wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, just because you're you're replacing the defense you lost mostly, not entirely, but with with losing GP two. Um, I, I would not, I mean, DeVincenzo can play the point. Jordan Poole can play the point. Um, I, I, it would be like a hesitant excitement just because I think that whatever that other player is that you add, he needs to add, they, they either need to be really good offensively or really good defensively. I don't think you can, you can do one or the other. I look, Bledsoe is a solid player. I wouldn't complain. I wouldn't complain about it um i don't know if the team needs another big but i'll still mention some bigs out there like Montres Harold is available uh juancho hernan gomez who starred in the movie uh hustle have you seen that by the way with adam sandler oh
1: yes i loved it have you seen it yeah
0: yeah it was good yeah it was, it was a really it. good film yeah so he's out there um, uh, Lou Williams who I think is a I don't know for some reason I just think that would be awesome just because offensively he's so difficult to stop I know he's a liability defensively but the dude can still score so he's available Josh Jackson former number four pick uh, LaMarcus Aldridge uh, Wayne Ellington Dwight Howard Blake Griffin uh, Carmelo Anthony uh, Rajon Rondo Markeith Morris Hassan Whiteside Rodney Hood uh hold on and then let me see there I think there's like one or two more out there as weird as it sounds Eric Pascal's still out there but apparently it's so again that's just where you got to give mad respect to Bob Myers because he just cuts things loose when he knows it's not going to work and Eric Pascal looked good one minute a lot of people thought he's the future of this team and then next minute he's gone for a second round pick uh Demarcus Cousins Boogie Cousins still is still out there I was really into that until they got Jermichael Green uh, now, not so much. Um, and I think that's it. In terms of, like, names that really stick out, at least to me, any of those excite you?
1: Um, so, one position, I-, I don't disagree with you about potentially getting someone who could run the backup point. I also don't hate getting a center. like Yeah. A center because James Wiseman is still unproven, and he, you know, really has battled injuries his entire NBA career. So, there's always the possibility that, He could get injured or i mean this season if kavon looney had not played the entire season like where would the warriors have ended up which is like kind of a crazy thing to think about because you know everything can change in the blink of an eye if someone goes down and tears an acl or has some other kind of you know detrimental injury like absolutely what if kavon looney had gotten hurt and i honestly don't hate blake griffin as a player like coming off the end of the bench or something like that i don't know but i think they need to add some kind of big, who's either a true center or a big forward who can play the center. Because to me, that was still a position the Warriors were really thin at this past season. And you're just putting a lot of pressure on Kevon Looney to play 82 games again. And like, what are the odds that he's able to, you know, remain healthy, play that entire season? Like what he did this past season was incredible and how consistent he was, was incredible. But, like, the Warriors really just don't have anyone else on the roster aside from James Wiseman. And, again, I just have a concern that if either one of them ends up getting hurt, like, you start to put yourself in a tough
0: position. So, with that said, then, um, let me, I'll read off again some of the bigs. Yeah, Blake Griffin, you're right. He is available. Ah, uh, would be intriguing. Certainly, would not hate on that. You just can't expect much from him at this point. Like, right, but that's I think, why
1: I, I also think like the position where we're, like whoever's filling this last roster spot, like there's no you know excessive pressure on on whoever this is, and that's why like yeah. the fact that we do have Wiseman and Looney is why like well you know like I wouldn't mind having a third big who can play that. It's an position. insurance no, policy. I, I'm totally with you. Exactly. Like an insurance policy, totally. not someone who you're going to expect a lot from. Which I totally agree on, Blake Griffin. Um but i just wouldn't mind having a body there you know what i mean same same
0: which is what and then, and so the, the the few bigs out there uh you mentioned Blake Griffin would be good i think Lamarcus Aldridge could maybe fit that role Dwight yeah. Howard would be a wild card he's got championship pedigree phenomenal defensively obviously doesn't give you much on the offensive side but yeah. he's a big who can play that position um and then Hassan Whiteside in theory could play that as well and i think that's it i think that's it in terms of remaining bigs out there oh and Tristan Thompson although i I think him and Draymond Green hate each other. So I don't know if that would work out. And then Boogie Cousins, there's him too. So there's a few options. So very curious to see what the Warriors do with that that last spot. There is one roster spot that needs to be filled. Uh, I can't play any uh, clips of the ESPYs on this show, company policy, and that's fine. But I thought Stephen Curry killed it. I thought the writers killed it with some of those bits. What were your thoughts on the ESPYs?
1: Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought Steph Curry did as good as he could possibly do. And I'm going to say that with a little caveat and that I just feel like Steph is not a natural, like, actor, host. Like, I don't know if you've seen any of his, like, commercials, or I remember he did an appearance on Sesame Street. Like, he always seems to me just, like, a little bit awkward. Like, I don't know really if I can put my finger on it, but, like, <laughs> I don't know what I it hear
0: is. It, I hear you. He's so not a natural. He he's not a
1: natural. Yeah. Superstar star. But yes, he's not a natural. Like to me, he's just like a not a, not a natural on screen. I feel like given that, he did fantastic. Um, I like some of the jokes. I will say I was surprised. They had that one little like KD reference uh, when they ran the Peyton Manning commercial. Yes. There weren't any other KD jokes, which I was surprised by. He took a lot of shots at the Lakers and at LeBron. You know, he was able to bring that up a couple times, the Celtics. Grant Williams but there wasn't anything about KD what up with that
0: <laughs> yeah because you never know right I'm I'm still not shutting the door on that but at this point I, to me if it's anything more than uh Wiggins and Poole you're not and, and maybe Wiseman maybe if you got to do it for salaries but I but you need a backup uh, insurance policy in that case and regardless I, I don't yeah, I, I the, the the Nets are crazy. Like Sean Marks is out of his mind. Like, like what do you do? Like the more I think about like what he proposed to the Timberwolves, like I would be so upset. I don't know who was hit, taking that call on the Timberwolves side, but if Sean Marks is calling me and saying you could have Kevin Durant, but we want Anthony Edwards, who by himself it has the potential to be a megastar, the top-tier level superstar in this game. You're asking for Carl Anthony Towns, one of the premier centers. this game i know he's sort of a disappointment in the big picture but he's still legit big and a a tremendous player and four first round draft picks like who who the hell does sean marks think he is like i would be i would be insulted if i got that call i don't think i would even continue the conversation i just flat hang up that phone and do it loud and hard so you can maybe hear that it's crazy to me so if you're the warriors and that's what you're dealing with there's never going to be a trade obviously because that man is straight delusional, and I do think he's overrated. Given what they've given up for James Harden, given they gave the house for Kyrie Irving, when I think most people would have seen years ago that that dude is just trouble, uh, you know, to, and now you know you're expecting this much for Kevin Durant. You get you let Spencer Dinwiddie walk for nothing a couple years ago for nothing. I just never like when teams give away assets and get nothing back in return. So, I don't. Yeah, Sean Marks is crazy. Um, but I, despite that, if reality hits him. And all of a sudden he's like, damn, like, I can't just bring, I can't just play KD. He doesn't want to be here. It's now October. Uh, no one wants to make a trade with me. I'm desperate. Then, yeah, I think the Warriors would take that call and be like, oh, you want, you want KD and Seth and we give you Wiggins and Pool, and we're going to probably have to lose one of these guys anyways after the season? Um, yeah, all right, fine. Let's do it. Uh, that's it. I'm, I'm that's where I'm at personally now with this and I think that's what the Warriors are too I just I think everyone's tired of, of the Nets they're like what do you what do you want from us like are you kidding me I don't know am I talking crazy with that what do you what do you think
1: no you're not talking crazy but my mind is going somewhere else because someone asked me a question that I've been wanting to ask you the other day now that we know two at least of the Warriors main free agency signees looking at this next year's lineup or roster rather who, who is coming off the bench first? What is the Warriors' rotation? I got in a discussion with someone about it like two days ago and I was waiting. Oh, on this is the fun I stuff. I on the show because it's, my wheels have been turning about that for a minute.
0: Oh, this is the fun stuff. Well, Jordan Poole is your sixth man. I don't think there's any yeah. doubt about that. Um, and then I, I think one of the reasons why Dub Nation's so excited and why they were so disturbed about this endless KD chatter and, and all the trade proposals is because last year, I think people wanted minutes from Kaminga and Moody last year and we oftentimes did not see that because Kerr loves his veterans he in so we saw Damian Lee getting a lot of minutes you know we uh, we saw even want us Anderson sometimes getting minutes uh and now you're gonna see Kaminga and now you're gonna see Moody so I am I I'm I'm really excited because right now the Warriors are a solid 11 deep so basically their their entire second rotation is going to be pull off the bench first um and most likely he'll come in for Clay Thompson and and then they start staggering from there uh and then you got DiVincenzo um who will probably come in right after that as well or he might come into the second quarter to spell Steph I don't know how that's rotation is going to work yet but then you got Moses Moody stepping in you got Jonathan Kaminga stepping in you got Jermichael Green stepping in I think Wiseman will actually be eased into this more than anyone else just because Summer League was a trip I if I if I took anything out from Summer League is that Moses Moody is NBA ready. I am so excited to see this guy play. I am just, my exuberance is off the charts right now. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, if you take away that first game, was actually incredible. He was, I loved that they gave him the responsibility of handling the ball. Uh, you know, they wanted to see what he could do. And I thought he was solid there. I think Kaminga is going to be putting up 15 points a game this season off the bench. Um, so I'm excited. I'm thrilled. Did they answer your question? I don't know. It, it, uh, Cause that's where we're at. And then you got Ryan Rollins who might get some minutes. Uh, I still think if the Warriors are smart, they 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 just literally hide Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Santa Cruz because you can do that for a year. You can literally give him a G League contract yet hold his rights so he can't go anywhere else. And you just stash him for a year in Santa Cruz and you're saving a lot of money in the process doing that as well. I don't know if that's what the plan is, but they could do that. And that's what I would recommend. So they get they still so they still have holes, but I mean they got you know, we got to wait on Andre Godala. I think they you know uh Quindary Weatherspoon is another player I love. We just learned uh Mac McClung got a training camp invite. Curious to see if he plays his way onto the two-way. But it's crazy that just one player, Jermichael Green, changed everything because he's that good of a bench player where he can give you 20, 25 minutes a night that are just tough inside defensive uh yet he's minutes where he's also space in the floor offensively because he is a three-point threat um he's not a bad post of player either i'm dude i'm elated what do you think did did that answer your question or no was that not specific Uh enough? sorry
1: no, yeah, uh, you answered it a little bit. Um I guess like my thing is just the Warriors had this problem last season and it's, you know, a problem I say just in the depth in their bench. Yes. And, like it, you know, becomes a discussion more so late as the season goes on and the later in the season you get, but it's just kind of like who who makes that playoff rotation? Who's the first players off oh, their the bench? Oh, the
0: playoff rotation. That's different. Yeah, okay, well,
1: so I, I didn't ask, I didn't specify that. Um so just to be clear, but I'm just saying, you know, like what would the pecking order be? Because I think Green now was a great addition to where originally I'm thinking like after Pool, let's get in Moses Moody. Of course, that was before we knew who the Warriors were going to sign. But like you said, he looks NBA ready. Um, But then now you kind of got a competition going because you do have at least for sure six very valuable and able-bodied players coming off the bench. Potentially also Andre Guadala, you know. I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking like, what's the pecking order of this year's team? Because once again, you have a unique combination of like veterans of youth, but also now like Kaminga and Moody are ready for bigger minutes.
0: Oh no, this is exciting. You're getting me excited on a, on a late July podcast. This is good stuff. Okay. So let, let me put it to you this way. Let me know if this helps with the pecking order and stuff. I do not want Steph, Dre and clay playing in back to back games. And something tells me the Warriors don't either. There, you might have to. I don't know if the NBA is still enforcing that rule where, you, you know, you have to play players if it's like a national nationalized uh, national TV game, for example. Uh, we saw the Spurs get fined for that some years back with Tim Duncan resting them. Uh, and um, so I don't know what the rules are going to be. But ideally, you don't want to play those three on back-to-back. So let's say you're in a situation where you are playing a back-to-back. And in the second game, Steph is resting. Uh, Clay and Dre are resting. maybe even you want Wiggins to rest too right I mean we keep his name is never mentioned in all this yet he's going to be playing realistically 35 minutes a night and what we saw in the postseason last year tells me I think he's just going to grow I think he's going to be averaging 20 plus a game this year and his confidence is going to be through the roof he's finally seen from his own perspective what he could do and and I'm excited for that potential so let's say you're resting those four guys Your starting five is going to be Jordan Poole it's going to be Moses Moody it's going to be Jonathan Kaminga it's going to be Jemichael Green and it's going to be James Wiseman that's your that's your that's going to be your five if those four or I'm sorry and Looney I'm sorry and let's say Looney's sitting to you let's bench the whole starting five so then okay. that's your backup that's your backup five um and I think the pecking order is going to be Jordan Poole Moody Kaminga Jemichael Green and then everyone else after that uh Jemichael Green might actually go up in the pecking order and I think in the postseason, um, you're going to see those five guys. Divincenzo D- is going to be playing postseason minutes. Pool, obviously, uh, Kaminga and Moody were were starting games last, or at least Kaminga was starting games last year. Moody was playing important minutes uh, yeah. at times. Wiseman's the only one that I just don't know about. Wiseman might be someone who just doesn't show much growth this year, and then we m- we might not see him much in the postseason. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Does that help at all? Does that make it any clearer? Yeah. What, yeah, what no, do you think?
1: I just, I don't know. Um, I feel like DiVincenzo and Green now have kind of stepped up to where they're the first players off the bench for me after Jordan Poole.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that might be. I I think Moody's is NBA ready. I really do. I do. Oh, I totally
1: agree. But I just, you know, now you kind of have that contrast of like Steve Kerr loves to, you know, really rely on the veterans like we saw last season. But now these former rookies have a year under their belt. Will they kind of pass up some of because I think you can agree that last season, uh, Steve Kerr deferred to the veterans over, you talent. So it's like, what's the dichotomy now that they do have a year under their belts? I completely agree. Moses Moody looks totally NBA ready in Summer League. But I think they did a good job of adding a couple of veteran pieces. So, I mean, it's a great problem to have. The Warriors' depth has always been a strength. I think that's a big reason why they won this championship. And they are going to make a run at it again because – so deep and it gives them options. It gives them the ability to change looks as they face different teams and different matchups. And then the ability to rest some of their, their older veterans uh, is huge. Like you mentioned, like they could really start or they could really rest the entire starting five. Um, And we saw it even some games during this past season where they rested players and the young players like came up huge. And you're like, wow, what, what could the future of this team look like?
0: But I see what you're saying, too, because you're the one thing I didn't factor into this was the Steve Kerr bias uh, against young players, which is it's there. It's very obvious. So I could I could also see what you're saying. DiVincenzo's to a 24. I mean, he's not really that old himself. The, the only no. I think the only true like veteran veteran you're bringing off the bench is Jamichael Green. Um, so, uh, yeah, maybe Jermichael shoots his way up to being like the guy him. And, I mean, Poole, I think, has earned his way in for heavy right. minutes now. But so, yeah, it might, it might be a situation where Poole and Jermichael are the first two players off the bench. I could see that. But I also do think Moody and Kaminga will get their, tw- their 20 to 25 a night. I, they're clearly factoring into this in the big picture. And you also want them to absolutely. develop their skills in time for the postseason. You're right. It's a great problem to have. It is an absolutely fantastic problem to have. Um, yeah. Yeah. There you go. You're going on, uh, so you're going to Hawaii. You're doing Maui and Kauai. Uh, Are you pumped? Are you excited? Like, Hawaii is just amazing. You've been there before. You said your your husband has never been. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So I went, but it was as a child. And you don't fully appreciate the experience, the beauty, whatever, as a child. I climbed Diamond Head, which is one of the big volcanoes you know, on the Big Island as a kid. And I just remember complaining the entire time. You're walking up a bunch of stairs. Like, there's so many stairs you have to walk up. You're hiking. You're walking. Like, kids don't like to walk long distances. Like, come on. Hours, like you know, we're there for hours, and I just remember like being so mad and complaining, and like my parents are probably like these ungrateful little brats, like why we <laughs> birth them and bring them here, uh because you don't know, truly appreciate it as a child. So when I say that I've been there before, I feel like I have to mention that caveat that like <laughs> I did not at all appreciate the fact that my parents had, had taken me. So that being said, my husband's never been. I haven't been in. I don't even know how old I was twenty something years. So yeah. I'm so excited. I will say it's funny being from the Midwest that like Hawaii is like not a popular vacation spot. It is, but just not somewhere a lot of people go. It's so far, far. you know, it's far. Go. it's like a big to do here. Like every person I meet is like, Oh, Hawaii! we've been there all the time. Like, you know, every person has a hundred recommendations has been several times just because it's such an easy flight. So I'm so excited that we live on the West coast and we just get to do the one direct flight out. Like, super easy and we've gotten so many good recommendations we're doing maui for five days and Kauai for two we have like a really cool hike planned for Kauai. however we also are factoring in at least two days that we're going to do nothing and i'm forcing (laughs) that upon myself i feel like you're kind of like me like you're always running around you're doing a million things you're juggling a million balls like i have to like force myself to just not do anything Yes. get off the phone so that's my plan
0: <laughs> oh i love it that's a beautiful plan. i just love obviously i don't know how anyone can not love hawaii but you're right even from here a five hour flight is 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 dude it's it's a still that's no picnic like that's still a decent length of time to be on a plane so you're right if you're going from the midwest or the east coast it starts turning into like a seven eight hour flight right it's uh
1: more than that well because usually like there aren't a lot there aren't are there i mean i guess there are there's got to be from chicago some from chicago there had to be direct flights but typically we'd always have a stopover in la or san francisco and the flight from chicago to here is four hours and then you you know if you're changing planes then you're getting on the five hour flight to hawaii like that's literally a full 12 hour day of traveling yep time you get there the day is gone and you're exhausted
0: <laughs> yeah no and and you're right like the san francisco bay area does have this uh there's probably a closer connection to hawaii than most other places uh in the country um just because it does get colder here we don't have like that you know year-round amazing weather like southern california does it you know, what, would what always trip me out when i lived in southern california is that a lot of them like to go to hawaii too and i'd always look at because i lived in encinitas a little uh, beach town just north of san diego yeah. and um and i remember I, I talked to people and they're like yeah we're, i'm gonna go to hawaii for a week or two and my, my response was always why like it's just it's just kind of like here i mean i know it's not the same but it's just you're just going from one warm place to another it never made much sense from the bay area totally because here i mean depending on where you are it could be freezing like where you are you sometimes like you're in pacifica daily city right you're kind of like yeah. on that cusp there that little right. and you rarely see the sun. I mean, maybe you do see it but it's not consistent. You have a lot of overcast days.
1: Especially, yeah. Especially this time of year, we've been, the fog has been rolling in a lot lately, early in the day. So like you, cause usually if anything, there'll be sun for a few hours in the morning and then the fog rolls in and that's it. But like today overcast the whole day. So exactly. It's a perfect excuse to go get some sun. I agree. Like if you're living in San Diego, you're already living in paradise. I love San Diego. Yep. I can't believe if you lived in a beach town that you ever left Cyrus, because as
0: it, as it, it was just, a, it was a job thing. I just, yeah. I, I I was not at a, I just couldn't find everyone if, if it was up to i think mo, way more people would live in san diego if there was an opportunity to do so you know um yeah. and there's the traffic there's a freaking nightmare it is it is so bad i i don't know man southern california is just a different breed i have nothing against it like some barry people just have this huge issue with it i love it i love southern california but it, it the traffic the endless heat It's warm all the time and and i mean there's like a little spurts here and there we get cooling time cooling weeks here and there but uh it gets it can get a little old I'm I'm happy to be back in the Bay Area but at the same time look I mean if someone said hey we'll pay you this much you'll have a great living situation come back to Encinitas yeah I'm jumping on a train tomorrow but um (laughs) it's not that easy (laughs) it's just it's expensive like everywhere else and yeah yeah, but it is yeah Encinitas was awesome anyways I doubt people anyone cares about that you're going to be gone next week though Yes. So we're, you're going to be missed. Uh, Keith Smith of Spot Track is going to fill your spot next Tuesday. He's a cap expert. A lot of people have been asking for that. Um, so I'm going to enlighten the masses in terms of the Warriors' financials, in the sense of the, the tax penalties, what's what what they're what to expect beyond this year, um, how that whole damn thing works. Cause it is it is complicated, folks. Complicated, it is. That-
1: the NBA has the most complicated system of any sport. Like it is wild. I've had to do so much research to try to figure out what's going on with all these contracts. It's so many little tic-tac rules about this team (laughs) and that team and sign this. It's just, it's wild. It's, it's really, really complicated. So that's awesome that that you can give specific, specific expert insight on that.
0: Exactly. So that's what we're going to do. And then I haven't figured out what we're doing for your Friday show yet, but you'll be back in two weeks. And then um, until then, have fun. I That's just awesome. Hawaii is just magical. It is a very special place. I do hope you enjoy it, and I'm sure you will. Congratulations, Father, for finally celebrating your honeymoon. Took Thank you a while.
1: You. Yes, long overdue, You know, dedicated to the craft, came back, worked the NBA finals right after my wedding, and finally going to get to enjoy some relaxation. Great to be with you, and we'll see you in two weeks.
0: Beautiful. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Later.